Hey guys, welcome to Sports Impact with Jovan Mack. No, it's been a while. Sorry about that, guys. Been a little busy, but today I have a new episode for you guys. Boy, do we have a lot to talk about in the NBA. It has been a crazy week. From Kyrie's, you know, trade request to him eventually getting traded to a new contender. LeBron breaking a record and some all-star snubs. Today, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna talk about you know the most recent news. Yes, if you know LeBron James last night became the NBA's all-time leading scorer, over 38,000 points. He passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who'd held the record for 39 years. Man, that's crazy. Because as a Warriors fan, you know, I over the years I've had some, you know. If I'm being honest, you know, like some rivalry with LeBron, like as far as, you know, just hoping he doesn't win any more rings or stuff like that. I don't know. It's like petty little stuff. But man, that was special last night. That was special. The emotion in his face, the emotion in his family's face. We saw Bronny and Bryce there. We saw Savannah there. Everyone was there. I mean, that was a special moment. And people are going to be like today, he's officially the GOAT. He's officially the GOAT. Look, like, can we just hold off the gold tax? Let's just enjoy what we saw last night. We saw a dude who came from nothing, didn't have a father in his life, went straight from high school as an 18-year-old to the NBA, has been with his high school sweetheart since then, has has done things like uh, make schools for kids, continuously be a good role model and sure he's had things you know that people disagree with but those are all basketball related should he have left cleveland originally no should he have built super teams i mean that's up to you guys but as far as an icon and sports and as an nba player yeah he's he's great that 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 showing last night even though they lost the game it was it was something special and I know some people are already talking about the Anthony Davis situation. If you don't know, Anthony Davis, he's a teammate of LeBron James. He's his number two. He did not look happy last night. Um, when LeBron broke the record, he was the only player to be sitting on the bench at the time when everyone else got up. And a lot of people are like, oh, he's hating on, like, come on, guys. Like, at, if you watch the end of the video, he's clearly getting up. Like, I don't think it had to do anything personal or anything. He's probably just upset they're losing the game. And in general, that game last night, it was just interesting because everyone's eyes was on LeBron breaking the record. But it didn't really look that the team was really in it the whole game. Like, it just felt it just felt off. There wasn't really chemistry. Everyone looked confused. They were like, how do we react to this? Russell Westbrook still got his amount of shots up. But, yeah, overall, that game was, it was pretty interesting. Shea, once again, showed why he's an all-star. He had a great game. And yeah, the OKC Thunder, they're up next. They have all these draft picks um, in upcoming future, like over 20. And honestly, I don't know if they're going to hit on every single pick. I low-key trade some of those picks for at least, not a superstar, but someone who can take some pressure off Shea. And if they don't want to do that, they don't have to. I mean, they still have Chet Holmgren coming next year. Who knows what they're going to be able to do in the draft. So yeah, we'll see. But yeah, back to the main point. Got off the rails there. LeBron, congratulations to you. Congratulations to all you accomplished. And I'm not going to lie, it did make the GOAT debate 
a lot more interesting between him and MJ. And I know all the LeBron fans are saying like, what debate? It's over. But it's still they're still they're one A one B as one of my friends says they're one A and one B. On another side note of what's happened this week, we had Kyrie Irving requesting a trade, seemingly out of nowhere, from the Brooklyn Nets. Everyone knows Kyrie and Katie, they're best friends. They've been best friends. They decided that they wanted to play together in Brooklyn. They decided they wanted Steve Nash to be their coach, who they eventually begged to be fired. They asked James Harden to come to the team, who they eventually had turmoil with. So who's really at fault here? I mean, you can say Brooklyn for doing everything that Kyrie and KD said. I don't know. It's it's interesting because it just, it just happened all of a sudden. But then at the same time, if you look at last offseason, KD requested a trade from the Nets. And Kyrie was trying to stay. And I don't know. It's just really... It's really, it sucks to see it go down like this, especially when Brooklyn was a top four seed. It literally makes no sense. Kyrie was saying, oh, it didn't work out. But you guys were a winning team. You guys have been looking really good. You guys have guys like Nicholas Claxton looking great. And I, I don't know why he wanted to do that, but it's his decision after all. I mean, I wouldn't want to play with Ben Simmons either. And so, yes, he was traded to the Dallas Mavericks. That is a big deal, a big deal. Luka Doncic is by far, I mean, no disrespect to Jason Tatum, but Luka Doncic is the best young player in the NBA. Ever since he joined the league, he took it by storm, winning Rookie of the Year. And his second year, since till now, he is a top like seven player. And currently, he's definitely top four. Only debatable players over him probably right now is Jokic, Giannis. That might be it. Like, Luka's that good. He's that guy. He single-handedly beat the number one team in the NBA last year in the playoffs. He made it to the conference finals with Jalen Brunson as his number two. Now he has Kyrie Irving. How good is Kyrie Irving if you don't know? Kyrie Irving has been really good this year, putting up around 28 points per game. He led the NBA in fourth quarter points. This is going to be Luka's number two option. Like, they could win the championship this year. Do they need to work on their defense? Yes, they do. They definitely need to work on their defense for sure. But I, I mean, we still got what today, tomorrow, tomorrow's the uh, trade deadline. They make a trade for like an OG and an OB, a Jay Crowder. Then things get really scary. So yeah, I think Dallas, I mean, on paper, this is great. Now everyone who knows, I mean, anyone who knows anything about basketball knows that Luca is extremely, extremely, extremely ball dominant. Ball is in his hands at all time. And yes, Kyrie has played with ball-dominant players before. He played with LeBron. He played with James Harden. But those were guys that would, you know, they wouldn't dribble out the whole clock. They would give it up to Kyrie with, like, some time, more time on the clock to let him do something. But Luka, he's normally someone who, he dribbles that ball to the end. And if he's not going to shoot it, he's going to kick it out, and you're going to have to do a quick catch and shoot. Kyrie is not that player. He's best with the ball in his hands. So this is going to take some time to adjust, I think. And also, I just don't really know how Kyrie and Luca's personalities will mesh. Kyrie has been someone that's been seen as, you know, um, a team killer, uh, his attitude, um, his different beliefs that you can believe, well, like, we all believe our own things or whatever, but just the fact that he's been unavailable, and when he is available, he's often causing drama, who knows how it'll affect the Mavericks, I mean, then again, he could, he's a free agent this summer anyways, so he could leave in five months. 
So that's why this is a little risky for Dallas, but we'll see how it all works out. It's very interesting. On the Nets side, they got Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, they got some picks. And they got um, Dorian Finney-Smith. He's a really good defender, really good three-point shooter. So that's good on their side. It's just, if I'm KD, I'm like, bro, why do we have Spencer Dinwiddie? Like, we had Kyrie and Spencer Dinwiddie at the same time. And it just makes you think, like, the Nets really just messed this whole thing up by doing everything that Kyrie and KD said. They had Jared Allen, who was an all-star last year. They had Dinwiddie. They had Karis LeVert. Those are three really solid players. And they traded them for James Harden. And you know what they got for James Harden? Seth Curry. I mean, he's good. And they got Ben Simmons, who won't take a shot. He's a completely different player than he used to be. He has no um, no confidence. No, like, none, he's not the same player. So... I don't know. If I'm KD, I went out. I mean, we can try. I mean, Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas. I mean, he's dropped three straight 40-point games. Now he's finally getting minutes. He's showing that he can be a really good scorer in this league. So, I don't know. If I were KD, I don't know. i play it out to this season. I'll see how it goes. I'll see if Thomas can stay a reliable number two option. I can see if Spencer Diddy uh, continues to play well. I'll see how Dorian Finney-Smith meshes with his defense as well as Ben Simmons and Seth Curry and Joe Harris and Nicholas Claxton, all those guys. I'll give it a run. I'm not going to request a trade today or tomorrow. I'm going to let it go. And in the summer, if things don't turn out, then I'm requesting a trade because, I mean, what assets do Brooklyn have to give you anything? I mean, they traded all their picks when they um, when they traded for Paul Pierce and K, uh, KG years ago, and those picks turned into Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So the Nets have constantly made mistakes like this, and it's just it's just very um, interesting. And then the last thing, I mean, I'm not gonna spend too much time on it. Um, the All Star um, results came in earlier this week, and there's a lot of a lot of upset people. I mean, for one, Jaron Jackson Jr., who's he's a great defensive player. He's probably gonna win Defensive Player of the Year. He's on the number two team in the West, like. He's a good player. 16 points per game, six rebounds as a power forward, by the way. It's mm. But Anthony Davis has played more minutes than Jaron Jackson. And Anthony Davis was, when he was at his best this season, he was a top five player. So why is Anthony Davis not an all-star game? Who plays great defense, but Jaron Jackson is. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. And then DeMar DeRozan, that's a controversial one. I, I think he deserved it. Uh, Jalen Brunson, people think he should have got in over Drew Holiday. I mean, Drew Holiday's... With, when Chris Middleton was out, Drew Holiday did his thing on offense and defense, so that makes sense. I mean, I don't say I wouldn't say these are too bad as far as the All Star teams. I'd really just say um, there were some people that did deserve deserve better, um, like Pascal Siakam. He's the first player in NBA history to have averaged twenty five, seven, and eight, and not make the All Star game. Um, yeah, that's crazy to me. I get their team isn't good, but why is he not making it but like a guy like what's the example oh DeRozan like DeRozan's playing good but I don't know I just think it's disrespectful but other than that um there's not too much the all-star game players they're fine the rising stars they're fine Nothing too bad. If I do want to go into more with that, I will do that in its own episode. Uh, but yeah, that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. I hope you guys have a good rest of your day. Hope you guys are enjoying, you know, the NBA. 
the season's about to start picking up after the all-star game which normally happens and yeah um have a great day and this is sports impact with Jovan Mack